I am super excited, and I am ready to unload. Um, But if you have your Bibles, I just want to encourage you to put it on your lap now. If you have a phone, a Bible app on your phone, don't use it because then you're just tempted to look at all the garbage on the telephone anyway. Um, but last week, before we jump in, last week Jeff introduced the new journey we, we will be taking as a local body. He preached about Jesus actually living inside of us, and because of that, we have the power inside of us to grow in our faith and to grow in our display of our faith. He preached about what spiritual maturity looks like. He gave a little glimpse. And he, he basically summed it up, what I loved in his sermon, it looks like Jesus living in you. That's what it looks like. We ain't got to complicate it. We ain't got to add to it. It's that simple. And the way we gauge our walk with the Lord is what we're actually be going through for the next seven weeks. The way that we gauge, we personally gauge our walk with the Lord is we look through the lenses of the virtues of God. Okay? If you're not familiar with that word virtue, virtue is a kind of a cool word. It actually, the actual literal translation means manly valor. <laughs> you know, this, ooh. But virtues has come to mean, even though it means that what it is, it's, it is the way, the right way we should pursue our life. And so when you look through the lens of the virtues of God, it's different than the virtues of the world. Because the virtues of God display God. They don't display the culture of the world or what people hold as virtues. These are virtues that have been tested and tried and are true for all mankind, especially those who proclaim their faith in Jesus Christ. So if you want a fancy definition of virtue based on through the lens of Scripture, uh, I would say this. If somebody asks me, what is a virtue? I would say the virtues of God are the evidences of the character of God in the follower of God. They're glimpses of his character. These are things God desires for us to pursue in our daily lives with him. The virtues were evident in Jesus Christ. And how we see Christ's likeness in us. You see this back and forth with Jesus talking to his disciples, showing them the kingdom of God, showing them what it means to follow him, showing them all these things. And it was just these glimpses of what Jesus was telling his followers. Like, if the world sees these things, they'll get a glimpse of me. They will know you by the way that you love one another. Love was one of the virtues, but love is wrapped in all the virtues. It's like the cement of the virtues. And the seven virtues we'll look at for the next seven weeks is gratitude, humility, joy, encouragement, generosity, servanthood, and godliness. These are the seven things that we, me and Jeff, feel And see in the scriptures on this is the way we should be living or pursuing our life. Look, you're not going to be perfect. Let me just say that. You're not going to be perfect, so don't beat yourself up. The idea of the virtues is the same idea of the process of salvation. You're saved, boom, sealed. Jesus Christ, you are his and his alone. But 
you are just a child. And as a, just as a baby grows to learn to walk, to talk, to feed themselves, to do things, to become independent, so does the believer in Christ constantly growing in their faith one step at a time. And so some of you in this room will say, hey, the virtues, I really feel like the Lord has blessed me by being, I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm generous. That's great. That's absolutely great. And you should praise God for that. But you may be struggling and maybe gratitude, maybe encouragement, maybe these things. And this is the thing that we want to we home in on each one just so that we can see as a church, like, this is how we grow in our faith. It's not just special programs. It's not classes that we go to. It's the character of God growing inside of us that will literally flow out of us to bless those around us. That's the way we grow in our faith. It doesn't matter how much Bible we know. That helps. But what matters is, is God growing inside of you? Is his life being preeminent inside of you? Is he the one rearranging the furniture in your heart? Is he the one that has the actual throne in your heart? Is he the one saying, hey, I want you to do this? I don't want you to do that. Like, is he that master? And that's the thing that we hope, that me and Jeff hope, that as we go through these, we will see areas of our life like, Lord, we have not given you lordship here, but we want to. Help us make you Lord in these virtues. And I just read, basically summarized my whole page. I ain't got to go through that. Um, but before we jump in, I would like to pray. And then I want us to just, I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to read some scripture of you just to get a highlight of what we're going to be actually focusing on. Okay. Um, and then we will jump in on the, the virtue that I will talk about today, which is gratitude. To be honest, I didn't want gratitude as my topic, but by God's sovereignty, Jeff picked it for me because gratitude is one of the areas that I personally struggle with. This is areas I need to grow in. So I literally have saturated myself in this idea of gratitude. I've been practicing gratitude for the last month and a half that I know I even have a gratitude journal and stuff like that just to push myself to practice this virtue that I honestly struggle with. And I think in areas we'll see, in, in, in this thing, we'll see some areas we may be very grateful, but in some areas we may be struggling. And that's where we need to pinpoint and ask the Lord to develop it in us. So, Lord, we just come before you, and I pray a simple prayer. I'll pray that you would speak. That's it. I just pray that you would speak. Touch our hearts. Enlighten our minds. Lord, I pray that today as we preach, it would be as if you were physically sitting next to us, looking at us, saying, child, I love you, and you are becoming more like me. And it is beautiful. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first one we'll look at is David's Song of Thanks in First Chronicles. On your handout, you have these references. They're probably not going to be on the board because I just changed my sermon uh, last night a little bit. So what we put in the program ain't exactly the way it is. But you have the handout, and all these things are just to give you a glimpse of what God says about gratitude. It's not an exhaustive list, but it is a list to show you that gratitude is something that is saturated in the Scriptures. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. It's there. First Chronicles 16, 8 through 10. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. 
Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Now let's look at David's song of salvation, Psalm 69, 30 through 34. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. When the humble see that it that it if the hum, when the humble see it they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that move in them. Let's look at Jeremiah 33. This is Jeremiah the prophet prophesying about the promises of God's peace for his people in the future. And I'm telling you, me and Chris were talking about this before everybody got here and before we started the service. This verse spoke to me recently, like literally like an hour ago. And it made me think of the hope that we should have in the local body of the church. Jesus is our king. If Jesus is moving in us, he is moving on the earth. And it doesn't matter what it looks like, and it doesn't matter what people say. Jesus is alive in his people, and because of that, his people can change this world. Okay? Just listen to this. Thus says the Lord, In this place of which you say, it's a waste without man or beast. In the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man or inhabitant or beast. I tell you, there shall be heard again the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voices of those who sing as they bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as at first, says the Lord. Let's look at Jonah when he was in the belly of the fish thinking about his death. This is how he displayed gratitude. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jesus blessing the 4,000. What I love about it is he makes sure that he has a thankful heart before he does it. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and heaven give thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. Listen to Paul, letting the Colossians know that Jesus' people are people marked and that live as thankful people. Colossians 2. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk with him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Or Colossians 3, a, little, a couple verses after. Paul is showing that thankfulness opens the door to the rich indwelling of, the, of Christ, of the Holy Spirit. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs 
with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This, this idea of thanksgiving is everywhere. It don't matter what, it, it could be the most craziest debauchery story in the scriptures. Somehow thankfulness rises up within his people. God is reminding his people, be thankful, be thankful. Well, let's look at maybe why. Why is gratitude so important? There are a couple other verses that we have as main scriptures here. Paul records the Holy Spirit's words in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And Philippians, I can't get out of Philippians. I'm in it with the youth. I can't get away from it. It's an amazing book. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 talks about this thanksgiving can be so deeply live in us and flow out of us that no matter what life throws at us, we can still be a thankful people. Paul says crazy things like this. Be anxious about nothing. This was a persecuted people. There was oppression from the Roman Empire. There were homeless people being crucified in the streets. Like some people crucified and lit on fire as lights. The Roman government was crushing the Israelites and controlling the way that went on with the temple and the Pharisees didn't have all the authority that they thought they had and then they became corrupt and started lying to the people so much so that Jesus had to flip over tables and was aggravated with it. Like, you're saying be anxious about nothing, Paul? Yes. Well, he is in jail right now, chained. His life's threatened. And Paul says, be anxious about nothing. We need to listen to Paul. But he says something. Say your prayers and petitions with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving is something that Paul lived. It's something that Jesus lived. It's the, it's the things that the people who are pursuing God live by. Thankfulness opens doors to our hearts and our perspectives of life that only gratitude can do. And when we are grateful people, we are mimicking our God who is grateful for his gospel, who is grateful for his people, who is grateful to save them, who is grateful. So before we jump into the actual teaching, that was just introduction, by the way. On your handout, I want you to pull out your handout. We're going to practice what, what we're talking about before we jump in and actually dive deep into what, it, what gratitude looks like, what does it protect us from, what are some things about it. But on your paper, there are five lines. Okay, There's going to be a song that plays in the background, so it's not like a, a weird sl- silence while you're writing. But I want you to write down five things that you are thankful for right now, presently. Not something in the past, not something in the future. Presently. But, what, but here's the kicker. Don't just say, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about life. Be more specific. Home in on what you're thankful for. I'm thankful for that I got to talk to my son that I haven't talked to in a while today or yesterday. I'm thankful that my kid was sick and he's no longer sick. Uh, I'm thankful that, man, like, like Sean says, a friend that I haven't talked to in 25 years, we just randomly had co- uh, breakfast. I'm thankful that I actually got to meet with him and do that. Like, be as specific as you can. Okay, and my challenge to you is to take these handouts home. We don't normally challenge you to do that, but take them home. 
Look at the, re- the scripture references. There was tons that I didn't read, and you're probably thankful for that. Tons that I didn't read. But I want you to use those scriptures this week and allow the Holy Spirit to wash you with his word and to rise up gratitude from within you like you've never had gratitude before. Okay, so tell me if you play the music. Y'all write down the five things. We'll take a, a minute or so to do that. If you're still thinking, it, would not, it will not offend me if you write while I talk. <laughs> if there's something on your heart that the Lord really is trying to surface. The Bible defines gratitude as a thankful heart and a thanksgiving life. Gratitude is not just a feeling or an emotion. It's also an action. God wants us to be a thankful people. Thankful for who God is, for what God has done, how God has rescued us. When's the last time you dwelled on your salvation story? Mine was June 20th, 2001. It is a day that if I ever get dementia, I don't think I will ever forget. That day is sealed in my soul. And when I struggle, those, that is the day that I always go back. Lord, you rescued me here. How will you not rescue me again? How God, thankful how God changes us. Like looking back, how different are you from what you were? Like we could be thankful for God about that. About that. What God has given us, all the things you possess are from above. Be thankful. What he continues to give us. I mean, you're breathing. You breathe over 100,000 times a day. That is breath given from God. Be thankful for your breath. Be thankful for the health that you have. Be thankful for the life you have, the grandchildren you have, the businesses you have, the jobs you have, the lawn you have, the house you have, the cars you have, the toys you have. Whatever, be thankful, because that is given from God. You may have worked the the ground yourself, but God has always brought your water for things to grow. And also what God promises in the future. You know, my greatest promise that I'm thankful for, I will one day be made perfect. There will no longer be a struggle. There will no longer be this gap. It'll be me and God, united as I so desire, with his people. No more struggle. No more separation when I pray, is he hear me, is he not? Like, it'll, he'll just be there. And he promises. That's for all of us. I'm thankful that I want to see the new Jerusalem. Like, I want to have the penthouse on the top of the new Jerusalem city coming down. But I'll also be happy just to be at the gate, to be honest. So what does God promise in the future? Like, we could be thankful for that. And when this virtue of gratitude saturates our life, every time we live out thanksgiving, we in turn share and display the life and love of Christ. But notice something about the verses I read also in many other scriptures. Thankfulness is not something that comes natural to us. If it came natural to us, God wouldn't command it. Anything in the scriptures that God commands, just know 
this doesn't, this, this doesn't come naturally to me. This is something that God has to give me, and this is something that I have to trust out and walk out. So it's a partnership with God to do these virtues. And if you don't believe me, just read Romans 121 and see what happens when God's people are ungrateful. Just as a weight builder begins his journey with the first weight and the farmer begins his first soil, breaks his first soil, or the runner begins his first race by jogging around the block, we too, in order for gratitude to grow, we must practice it. We must train ourselves in it. Because it doesn't come natural, we have to work with the Holy Spirit and say, God, show me how to be grateful, how not to grumble. How not to complain? How not to always be a pessimistic jerk in life? Like, why can't I just be thankful for my wife all the time? Why can't I be thankful for my children all the time? Why can't I be thankful that you, you, you saved me from leukemia and you saved me from hepatitis C? Why can't I be thankful that I, have, I had a mother that stuck by my side? Why can't I be thankful that I have a sister's Sisters that absolutely adore me and a brother that absolutely adores me. Why can't I be thankful that, yeah, I might not make the most money working, but I have a job at community coffee, and I love coffee. Like, I should be thankful for this. Like, I have this battle within me. Like, and this is where God has shown me. Like, in order to grow in gratitude, we got to practice it. We can't just sit on our thumbs and say, I hope I become grateful today. No, we got to practice it. we got to go up to the people that we are involved with and look at them and say, man, I am so thankful that you helped me today. You know what that does to somebody? You know what that changes in somebody's heart? Like, you could be an, you could be an enemy with this person. You go up to them, and you may not even necessarily want to, but you go up to them and say, man, I'm really thankful you helped me today. Huh? You talking to me? Like, I can't tell you how many walls have been broken down and stories I've heard where people literally just served people that, they, that did not like them and walls came down just out of gratitude. Gratitude has power because it has God's power in it. Every virtue we look at. Sean's going to be talking about generosity. Like, when we're generous, there's power of God in it. And it does something. It changes something. And it changes us. It cultivates a heart of God inside of us. How many people in this, this room like to garden? You know, you got pretty flowers or vegetables or anything. Anybody, anybody like to garden? Yes? Yes? Okay. How many people like to dance in here? All right? Dance, okay? How many people like to sing? All right? Sing, okay? Yes, yeah, sing. How many people like to go ride their bike around the neighborhood or walk or jog or crossfit or anything? You know, crossfit people are crazy. But you know what I mean. Okay? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Um, but the point is this. You love that. Yeah. Let's say you're a biker, right? And you, 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 you're doing some crazy thing like biking five miles a day. I don't know how you have time to do that, but you do it. You didn't just start off riding five miles. You may have rode half a mile. Maybe rode a mile. Maybe you went and jogged around the block. Maybe you, you, you picked a point on the trace and you just started running. You marked it and then you said, I'm going to go further. Like you're training your gratitude that way. We have to... We have to put ourselves in position to allow ourselves to be trained in what it is. And it may make us feel uncomfortable, but you have to step out in faith and say, Lord, I'm, I, want, I want to be more grateful to my wife. Let's pick that one. I'm a husband, so I'm going to pick on the husbands here. When's the last time you actually looked at your wife in the eyes and said, I am thankful for you? No strings attached. 
No hope for a kiss. No, 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 none of that. Just, I'm thankful for you. Like, that may be a step you need to take. Even the little things. I'm, I'm thankful that you cleaned the house today. I'm thankful that you did the dishes. I'm thankful that you worked just as hard as me. I'm thankful, you know, whatever. whatever. I'm, I'm thankful that when I was down, you just came and hugged me. It, we have to do that. Because one of the things about gratitude is it not only blesses us, but it blesses others. And it grows both parties that are actually involved with gratitude. You know, that's just an example. Husbands, we need the character of God to grow in us like that. We need to be thankful more for our wife. And that might mean in order to be grateful, we actually might have to serve them. I know that's crazy. But we're commanded by our Heavenly Father to serve and love our wives like Christ loved the church. Jesus didn't sit on a pedestal and say, serve me. He served them. Gratitude is an action. Remember, it's not just I'm thankful for you, but it's also a display of thankfulness toward that person. Okay? Do you desire to become more like Jesus? Is a question you have to ask yourself. Do you desire to be thankful like him? And in order to answer those questions, if you say yes, then what do you need to subtract and add to your life in order to pursue that? You can't do the same thing, expect a different result. Lord Jesus, we pray that somebody's safe. And that if they need, if that ambulance needs to get there, they'll get there just in time. Okay? You need to subtract an ad to your life in order to grow this. Like if you're literally binge watching Netflix at night, but you really want to read your Bible, really easy solution. Turn off Netflix, open your Bible, read it. But I know that that says, whoa, that's hard. You know I mean? That's the whole thing. Yes, it is. It is. But God may move once you take the first step. He may be beckoning you to take that first step. That's why you think that. Man, I really want to get more in my word. Man, I really want to pray. Where do you think that idea comes from? It comes from him beckoning you to come. But the way that we become grateful as believers of Christ is we must see that Jesus died for us to have grateful heart and lives. Yes, the cross saved. Yes, the cross of Jesus saved us from the wrath of God. Yes, the cross of Jesus bought us our forgiveness. Yes, the cross of Jesus paid for the debt owed because of our sin. And yes, the cross of Jesus gave us adoption into God's family. But the cross of Jesus not only did that, but also saved us from ungrateful hearts. The gospel didn't just save us from something, it saved us to something. So it saves you from the penalty and separation from God, but what it saves you to is to become more like him. I could talk to you about the rightness of gratitude and how it reminds us that God is good. I could talk to you about the wisdom of gratitude and how it shapes us to rightly think about God and his word. I could talk to you about the portrait of a grateful heart and how it leads to genuineness and dependency in Jesus. 
I could talk to you about the fruitfulness of gratitude and how it sanctifies our happiness and softens our hearts in love towards others. I could talk to you about the dangers of ingratitude that decays our souls and lives, our love of God and the way that it ruins our relationships and leads basically to nothing. If you're an envious man, a woman, if you're jealous, if you're insecure, you know how you do this? You fight this battle? Gratitude. Gratitude protects you from envy. It protects you from jealousy. It protects you from insecurities. It protects you from falsehoods and false teachings. It protects you that you feel that you're abandoned. It protects you from a false identity in Christ. It protects you from idolatry. It protects you from spiritual adultery. It protects you from all these things. Why? Because it's right. It's putting your mind rightly where it belongs. I belong to him. I am thankful for him in everything that he has done. Ingratitude leads to those things. I could talk to you about the dangers of gratitude. I could talk to you about what gratitude looks like in action, affecting the way we express it, serve others, and see it's not a chore, but a display of the heart's delight. I could talk to you about the way gratitude leads the believer to contentment, that no matter where we are in life, we have learned to be thankful. Do you know that was Paul's secret in Philippians 4? Now, we love the little little Philippians 4.13 verse on football players and their little face and their little thing and on their socks and on their football. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you know what he's actually talking about? Learning contentment in life. He says in Philippians 4, 11, I have learned. How? Every day. I have put into practice this gratitude that the Lord has given me, and I have lived it out over and over. No matter what's going on, whether I'm in prison, whether I'm in the streets, it doesn't matter whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor, whether I'm, I'm, I'm fat and happy, or whether I'm poor and hungry, it doesn't matter because I have learned to be content in all things because I can do all things through Christ who, Christ who strengthens me. And how did he do that? Christ strengthened him one way, gratitude. Being thankful. I could also talk to you about how gratitude affects our suffering and outlook and hope we have in Jesus, but I don't want to talk to you about that. What I want to talk to you about is actively practicing gratitude. That's what I want to talk about. In your handout, they got some ways at the back. I gave you some ideas on how you can start the process of gratitude. I'm not going to go through that because I I I want to unload on you right now for the next four minutes that I got left. I was writing these words, and the Lord struck me right there in the office. Every time we're grateful, it's like we're taking a sticky note and putting it on the wall. It's every time. I'm grateful for this. Boom, sticky note. I'm grateful for this. Boom, sticky note. So when we walk around in life going, man, I, what, what is there to be thankful for? Pick one. Every time we stop and say thank you, it's like God gives us a sticky note to be used as a reminder of who he is in our lives and how he will flow through our lives. It will take training to grow in this. For some, this may be easy, but for others, it may be different. But we have to get used to different. We have to get used to different. 
Jesus did not call us to live a life like the world. He called us to be different. To be lights. We don't want to be darkness. We want to be lights. We want people to be able to come to us and say, what is it that makes you so crazily happy? Your mother just died. You just lost your job. Why are you still happy? Because I have Christ. If I live 40 years, in a month I'll be 40. If I die before I'm 40, I still have Christ. My wife and children will still have Jesus. And let me tell you something. Jesus is a better father than I am. A better husband than I am. And if I leave this earth, my wife and children will be okay because they have a better husband and a better father. But that doesn't mean I want to go right now. I'm going to walk my girls down the aisle. So I will be thankful every day of my life. We have Christ no matter what. I don't care if you hate your job. Guess what? That job was given to you. Be faithful in it while you have it. If the Lord moves you to something else, rejoice. But until then, rejoice there. Rejoice there. Let's be different. Let's be okay with being different. Jesus did different things. He called a prostitute. He called a tax collector. He called nobodies. And they changed the world because they did something different. They didn't change the gospel. They didn't change the words of God. They just actually believed and lived it. I believe these next seven weeks, God is going to do something different in our lives. Today is the beginning of you being more grateful. Why? Because Kurt preached at you? No, because the Holy Spirit's going to draw you and move you to be grateful. Job had the audacity to say, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like, let's not hold on to our possession so strongly. Let's have open hands to the Lord. Lord, you gave me this. If you want to take it, take it. If you want to grow it, grow it. I'm just thankful that I possess it right now. And help me to use it to serve your body and your people and those around me. I pray that we give thanks to others more than normal. Starting tomorrow, give thanks to random people. Man, I'm thankful you wore that cool hat. Man, I'm thankful that you, you know, thank you for this water you gave. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, I can make a billion examples up. Teachers in here. Like, just when your kids walk into class... I'm thankful you came today, man. If they did their work, I'm thankful you did the work. If they, did, if, they got a, if they got a good grade, I'm thankful you got a good grade. If they did a bad grade, I'm thankful you tried. Like that. Even if they didn't, they, they, may, they may know that they didn't. But guess what? You thanking them may make them go, huh, maybe I should try. I wish one of my teachers did that because I didn't try. I failed religion at seventh grade. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> And my mama cried me into eighth grade. Um, But Jesus is going to do something new in our life. And when this happens, 
we together will see a thankful people on mission together. That mission is to be more like Jesus in our daily life. Like, it would bring me no greater joy than to see you guys growing in your faith. No greater joy. There is no greater joy that uh, a guy, a 39-year-old, five-foot-four, Shalmatian guy who has the privilege of being one of your pastors here, if he sees you grow in your faith. And Jeff, I know the same thing. Jeff, like, if we see a people grow, I mean, that is, that is glorious. It doesn't matter what building we're in, what kind of aesthetics we have. That doesn't matter. What matters is the body of Christ growing in Christ-likeness. And I'll tell you what, if that happens, it'll be infectious. Infectious. You wouldn't be able to stop it. People may, may call you wacky. That's okay. Jesus also thought Jesus was wacky. Definitely John the Baptist. That dude was crazy. Um. So the mission would be to become more like Jesus. That's what that whole idea that Sean, me, Jeff, preeminent, that's what preeminent means, looking like Jesus in our life. We'd parent different. We love our spouse different. We treat our coworkers different. We treat our students different. Students would treat students different. All these things would happen. And I believe it starts with what actually is intertwined in every virtue is gratitude. So I want to read the C.J. Mahaney quote, and then I just want to bless you and end. And. So, Laura, check in at the, at the end. Just listen to this. Uh, son, I think you got to go back one more. One more slide, I think. There you go. What would happen, this is C.J. Mahaney asking this question in his book, Humility. What would happen if I crossed your path tomorrow morning? Would I encounter someone who was an alert and thankful observer of answered prayer? Someone who in a pronounced way was grateful for God's many mercies? Next slide. We also want to continue throughout the day expressing gratefulness for the innumerable manifestations of God's grace. It is as if God is placing sticky notes in our lives everywhere. How alert and perceptive of them are you? I've read that quote. Now, he was talking about uh, humility. I loved it so much I had to use it in my sermon. But his point was, if you you continue reading in his book, his point is this, like, When the Holy Spirit captures your heart and you're growing into the character of God, when people even pass you in the morning, they could be different. But he was also challenging the church. Like, if I pass you, what would I see? Would I see somebody grumbling with his head down, complaining, I hate this job. Or would I see a thankful man, a serving man, a loving woman, a caring woman, what would I see? And so my thing is this, I, I, my prayer is that, I prayed this in my room, uh, room last night, but I pray that we would take this quote and we would flip it. 
Meaning, can you believe what I saw when I passed so-and-so this morning? He was alert. He was perceptive to the mercies of God. In a pronounced way, he was there just glorifying the graces that he has. And he wasn't some crazy person in the corner just sitting there praying all day. He literally was just working, doing his normal thing. But you could just see he's grateful. His kids are grateful to see him. His wife's grateful to see him. There's just something different. So let us stand, and I'm going to commission you and bless you to end my sermon. May you today bring your hand out home, look at those scriptures, and think about the areas that gratitude needs to grow in your heart. May you, oops, flip the page. May you rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. May your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. May you not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with your thanksgiving growing. Let your requests be made known to God, and may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. May you today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, look at gratitude, grow in gratitude, and give out gratitude. May you be blessed.